0: You are listening to the My First Period podcast, and today we talk all about sanitary bins, contraception, and environmental periods with Michaela Gingell. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the My First Period podcast with me, Lucy Evis, and today's special guest is fashion and self-love influencer and Cardiff girl, Michaela Gingell. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? (laughs) It's nice to chat with you. By By the way, your hair looks spectacular.
1: Thank you. I went to the Orange side um, during lockdown and it's,
0: yeah. It really does do. It. it looks great. It looks <laughs> <That's> really good. <laughs> awesome. um, so, we always start with the guest's story of their first period. So, take it away. What was the story of your first period? Um, do you
1: know what? I've been thinking this over and I can't ever remember it being some like spectacular, like life changing thing. I don't know whether that's just because I was so prepared with conversations with my mum and my stepmum. So I was like, and my nan, like helped um, bring me and my brother up. And I was just surrounded by so many strong women with my my aunties, my mum's friends. But I I just remember being in my nan's toilet, <laughs> going to toilet and they're just being blood. And I can remember coming down and speaking to my mum and just being like, think it's happened mum like I think I need like a pad or a tampon and then yeah like I my my memories of my period are more in the ways of like how I've suffered with pain and the heaviness of them whereas like my first time it just like happened and that was it like yeah But
0: <laughs> were, were periods something like, like you say you spoke to your mum about is that always something that's been a really open conversation in your world
1: yeah I can never ever remember it being like taboo or unspoken about and I I do remember so I um when I was young I loved swimming so I, I I would go like two or three times a week and I remember there being the conversation and I I, I believe it was way before like school even brought the conversation up because I think we had like our sex education And like social care like a bit later on i think i'd already started my period by that point um but i remember having like conversations of like something may happen there'll be changes and like when you go swimming you may not be able to go swimming or you'll have to wear something um so i remember just being like quite open but i always feel like my parents have been so it's never been like a shut off conversation like they're very open. I mean, I don't talk to my parents a lot about sex, but it's never been something I've never, I've, I've felt fear to go and approach them about. It's always been so. a
0: conversation you felt you're able to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And yeah. Is, that, is that something, so you say your mum and your stepmom were the same, were the conversations, do you remember them being similar? Do you remember it being the kind of a bit like birds and the bees? Or was it, this is going to happen? This is what uh, i are going to do.
1: Yeah, I kind of remember it being like, like romanticized I guess like there's, yeah. there's no it was just like I mean I think it was romanticized in the sense of like you'll become a woman it's the moment you become a woman and I think that's like quite a heavy statement that a lot of people like refer it to it's like this state of but um no it was just like this is gonna happen you might feel pain um like cramps um you'll need to like use like a, a sanitary towel or a tampon and then it was just like, yeah, it was just, yeah, I, I just I just remember it being very open and like that's never changed since. Like I've always been able to speak to both my stepmom, and my mum about my periods. Um and I it was a conversation I had to definitely have with them as I was um placed on racketane um right. when I was about 14, 15. And that's like a really, really last resort strong. Uh, prescribed medication for acne and as part of that I mean I I was yeah I was about 14 and I wasn't sexually active but it's like basically written in the contract that you have to take the pill and in order for them to prescribe a month's worth of medication you have to take a pregnancy test so at 14 not sexually active in the slightest (laughs) (laughs) like only having like my period for all of like a year or two um like I had to have that like those discussions like with my parents but again it wasn't anything I didn't feel any fear of it it was more kind of the fear of like taking a pregnancy test and like you know like it's not going to be positive but like at that age oh my god
0: (laughs) I remember that the first time I was the first time I started taking the pill I had to take a pregnancy test and I was like surely surely this is the first time I'm taking this you're fully (laughs) aware that I've not done anything yet hence why I'm on the I'm going on the pill. So I'm on it before something starts. I don't need to, it's not, it's not miraculous.
1: (laughs) I just remember every month going to the dermatologist and I'd just be like in fear of like looking at this pregnancy test, being like, is it going to be positive? Will it be positive? How will it be positive? (laughs) It's not going to be positive, but yeah, (laughs) it was just um, like, and again, like my mum and dad, and like I had to have the conversations with my dad as well because my dad had to know what was going on with that. So yeah. Yeah, I just feel I've been like quite lucky because I do know of like friends who maybe aren't as open with their parents or their parents aren't as forthcoming yeah. um with those conversations. But I've never like I've been very lucky that I've like again, I don't speak to my dad about it often, but my dad's like clued up enough to know like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no no like knows well, knows what's going on. So
0: do you think do you think you were likely one of the first ones within your friendship group at school that was was that was that a topic of conversation that you would speak about as teenagers? I mean,
1: yeah. I, I I kind of again, I kind of remember it being like a we wouldn't speak about it. Yeah. Um, but I know um in primary school it was like we were all like uh, you were based and your year was like based on a floor. So I remember, like, year three, when you first went in, there was no, like, sanitary bin in the toilet. Right. And then when you started going up a year, the sanitary bins would be there. So, like, you kind of knew you were progressing or nearing
0: something because the sanitary bin (laughs) appeared. That's really interesting. (laughs) That's never something I've thought. Now you've said that, that makes complete sense. (laughs) But prior to you saying that, that would never have entered my head that, of course, there's a been in our toilet like yeah like, that that wouldn't be wow I mean, you've baffled me now because I yeah. genuinely would never have thought about that before but you're exactly right there yes. these things just appear next to you I mean <laughs> I'm even gesturing to my right hand side which is where they always are I'm gesturing me like these things just appear yeah. you don't get told how to use them you're just like that thing that you've just taken out of your pants
1: put in yeah. <laughs> yeah like that's my, yeah like my memories of primary school were I can I, I don't think it was like like this actual discussion but I just know I remember it was like when you went into like the year above and like on on the on the inset day where you would like do that change of year six or go off to like the separate comprehensive school yeah. and then you'd go up to the floor and meet your teachers and then you've like used the toilet and it, and I I just remember there being like a bin there and I, I would just be like, oh, okay,
0: so. <laughs> well, funny that that's <laughs> just, It's like, it's just put there and it's never really addressed. There's never a conversation yeah. around that. There's just a big white bin with a <laughs> place to put your foot at a really difficult angle, which no one ever tells you about. <laughs> <laughs> no one can get their foot. Nobody can get their foot in that button. No. <laughs> Literally <laughs> no one. How <laughs> is that, that you've baffled me? Because I've never ever thought about that before. But I suppose, yeah. that, I suppose that's something along with. Did you grow up in Wales, or we? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I I moved to London eight years ago. So as an adult. So yeah, right. I grew up. So all, of my
0: all of your education was in Wales. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I imagine it's. I imagine it's not vastly different from my education that's so. <laughs> of London I imagine it's quite similar um but they were the things that pads, those bins like the Tampax machines in the corner of the toilets they are things that just they just appear no one addresses them and you just go shush it's over there I'm not I'm not going to say any more than that I'm just going to point at it and just yeah. work it out yourself yeah isn't that interesting how you just it's a given yeah yeah you just expected to know how to use all of this stuff
1: yeah well I know I know we didn't have machines in primary school I remember like you'd ask like a female teacher but then when it was when we went to comprehensive school it was like and we were attached to a leisure centre as well so like there was public um use
0: and then it was like
1: yeah the machine was there and <laughs>
0: yeah and then though the, you know that those tampacks have been there for about four decades <laughs> yeah. they're not safe to use <laughs> so do you think do you think your, your uh relationship with your mum and your stepmom do you think they really helped you growing up as being someone who menstruates?
1: yeah yeah I think being able to have like those open conversations and understanding I definitely feel like it's helped me feel like less scared or that I can't talk to someone about it it's like yeah. when I when I um I can't remember being in pain when I first started my period, but I do remember um, just before I started taking the pill for Raccutane and then when I came off it, um, I stopped the pill. I remember those periods um, that I suffered really badly with heaviness and pain, but I never felt like I had to suffer and I couldn't say anything. So I I I would speak openly with my mum and I'd just be like, look, something doesn't feel right. And like, I, I was prescribed um, certain painkillers and had like tests and just to make sure everything was okay. And it was just, I mean, my weight came into it a lot because I've always been, I, well, I always call myself fat. And that's, I know some people don't like that word, but I've always been fat. So there's always been like a discussion of whether my weight um, it's like had any contribution to it. Right.
0: But
1: um, yeah, I've never, I've been very lucky that I've never kind of had to suffer and I've always yeah. been able to, like, approach someone to be like, something doesn't feel right or I'm in pain, what do I do? And, like, they've always been able to, like, help me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel very lucky that I've got, like, two parents that I've never had to, like, hide away from or i felt like I can't approach with it. Yeah.
0: You've never had to shy away from, from the fact that you're in pain and it's not your fault.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah much
0: I think that I think that's a lot of it especially younger much younger menstruators when you are like the first people in your world to start this that you feel like you can't go actually this really hurts and I'm confused about it I don't know I don't know why this hurts
1: yeah yeah And and I know my little sister now she's um 14 um I know when it like came to like talking to her it was just a very open conversation and it was just a come and tell me like you use pads or tampons like you you feel like you use what you feel like is right for you just and it's never been like approached in any other way of like it's taboo it's like come tell me we'll we'll like sort it out we'll like figure it out together yeah so um that's like I can see that passed down from my stepmom especially to my my little sister but I've always t- said to her like you can always approach me if if maybe you don't feel like you want it because she she's quite she's she's nothing she's like me but she's nothing like me so I, I've always been very outgoing but she's quite timid and shy so I've always said to her, her like if she doesn't feel like she can approach mum just let me know and like I can help her or, like if she's got any questions yeah so, make her feel like she's got someone that she can talk to because I would hate for her to feel like she has to like not like she can't tell anybody and I think that's
0: a really important thing especially especially when you've got much older or no siblings when you've got people that aren't literally like a year after you it's really really good to have a conversation and just say look I've done this I've been doing it and I kind of know what happens and if you need (laughs) a hand I can give you a hand. I think that's I think that's some, I so I'm an only child and I've got uh sort of sisters. We call each other sisters, we're not really sisters. Uh they are <laughs> sisters. I'm not blood related to them, but we're very, very close. And they were all like always like that. That was never a it was never a topic uh that you'd have to whisper or yeah, like under your breath. It was never that topic. And I feel like it's probably the same with you. It's it's the more open this conversation is, the easier it kind of is for everybody. Cause then everyone's on the same, everyone's on the same playing field.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like for me, it's, there's like there's been things in my life that I maybe haven't been so open about. And then I've become open and talked to people about it. And then it's like, oh well, I'm the same. Oh, that's how what I experience. And it's then feeling like you're not so alone. Yeah. 100%. It's just like, yeah, because for me, like even though I've been so open. I for a majority of like my teenage and maybe adult life, I've been on and off um different types of contraception that I know have, have affected my period. And yeah. I feel like the, the discussion there hasn't been so open at how much it does affect it. Like my understanding was, oh, it would just stop it. Mm. But then like there was no conversations of maybe complications after. And I know for me it's taken a while for me to do a lot of like diary note-taking just to now get back into sync and have a, an even closer understanding of, of my like cycle and and understanding like PMS and like and trying to figure that out so it's like for me my my experience of period as an adult it's been more revolved around where I've been taking different um, types of contraception and how that's affected it and I feel like I'm very lucky that I've ne- It's never taken too long to get back into a cycle, less familiar. And I've never. I'm not kind of. I know some people whose periods are so out of sync that you know, like they could have one one month and then like three months later they still haven't had one. So I feel very lucky that I'm back into sync and I've I've got like my Clue app. <laughs> so I'm always like noting down like symptoms or cramps or headaches, and I'm I'm definitely closer to like more of an understanding. But then, yeah, that comes down to kind of, I don't want to say abusing contraception, but like just taking so many diff- different types of
0: contraception. Without much warning or precursor, I think is the thing. It's you yeah. were you went on to Accutane for your skin, but you had to go on a contraception as part and parcel of that. Well, a guy doesn't have to go on contraception as part and parcel of that. So, why is that something? obviously there's there's a chemical reason as to why it's not just yeah. for the sake of it but <laughs> it's frustrating that that has to be the case that your menstrual health has to be affected because of your skin's health or well, they surely they don't have to come part and parcel not given an option that's probably not the right phrase but it was well i want my skin to be better because that makes me happier but yeah. i can't without doing this other quite detrimental thing to my body
1: yeah yeah and during a time of like I mean I I was a teenager but it was like you know 15 or 16 where you become a bit more like rebellious and you're still a bit confused with hormones and it was yeah I just remember it being like a very it was a very intense year of just like a mix of racutane the pill hormones every month going and taking a pregnancy test and it was just like whoa (laughs) It was a lot. (laughs)
0: There's no warning for that either. As a kid, like the bin gets put next to you, but a little poster of all the side effects don't get put next to you. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, (laughs) that's those things that you until you have conversations like we're having now and like a conversation with friends, you don't realize that it these kind of things just appear in your life and you're just expected to follow them. Yeah, absolutely yeah Yeah. (laughs) and you're not given much of a choice when it comes to (laughs) crazy um so you say you've been on quite a few different contraceptions is it always been pill based
1: no i've had i've had i've been on the pill um and i've been on like two different types and again that comes down to my weight um and i've also had the injection oh right yes i've had the injection um and that was I think it was the one that you get like every every six months yeah I think it was every every three or six months and right. that was like a complete full stop I didn't have a period um and it was just it, it was kind of like a convenience at the time because I was suffering so badly with heavy periods and pain um and it was just a convenience of you know I didn't have to necessarily check out bedding or <laughs> have that uncomfortable and it was like I was going on um holidays and traveling a lot so it was just like a convenience of of, of not having to kind of um have my period but um again like it was coming off of that I mean it, now I think about it, it I don't want to say it's not necessarily healthy but when I think deeper into it now it's like how could I have not had a period for like nearly two years by having four injections of like like a load of chemicals and hormones? Like it's like actually thinking about it, it's like, whoa. And I know after that it did take a lot, like a long time. And I, I took the decision to not be on anything. Um, I was single and I was just like, I just need to get back into sync because I it's not that like I felt like something was wrong. It was just like, I've just I've just done this for like two years. I feel like I need to like be more, I guess, in control and knowledgeable on my body.
0: Yeah, I totally agree because it's it's a a lot of people see periods as in one week out of the month, those seven days, blood then stop, which it totally isn't that. It's uh so the podcast that I did last the last podcast I did uh was talking to Miyoshi Days and she's creating this uh community where it's all about your whole cycle so it's it's everything so it's uh pre-ovulation it's ovulation it's pre-menstruation menstruation like this goes round, and it sometimes it catch up catches up with itself and yeah. your periods out of sync or you get two in a month or you get you don't get any for a couple months and you have a panic but like it's a it's a whole world it's not just one it's not just a piece of paper that says blood on it, it appears yeah. in the box and then it goes again. That's totally not what it is. No. That's something that contraception really affects. I'm the same as you. I'm I stopped, I had the implant, I hated it, it was the worst thing I've ever done. I had it taken out, and it did take me about, I'd say two, three years to yeah. understand myself again.
1: Yeah, I, I'm 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 similar to you. I came off the pill about three years ago and it's it's only I'm only now kind of having more of control and understanding of the entire cycle Mm -hmm. it's like my my clue app like it's not just me pressing the button when I start my period and when I finish it's like this week I've had a headache or this week I felt a cramp or this week my breasts have been sore and it's like making notes of that and it's um it's really like um intelligent where it kind of it goes on a three-month cycle to predict like ovulation but it's then understanding during that time what happens to my body and I'm making note and it's it, it is like you said it's it's an entire cycle that doesn't necessarily switch off but for me again it's taken about I'd say three years for me to have a bit more of a deeper understanding of of why things are maybe happening. So like I suffer badly with migraines and I now can pinpoint and have a bit more of an understanding of why I may be getting headaches this week, like five days in a row, and as opposed to any other week. And it's because of what's happening within my cycle.
0: Exactly. And it's not something that you get the all of the talks about the actual messy part but it's the bits in between so for me ovulation is is often as painful as periods it's really it's really painful for me i get very uncomfortable i my stomach bloats i feel ill all the time but saying to someone oh i can't do that today because i'm ovulating (laughs) it's that's not Saying not yeah,
1: it's not part of the narrative, is
0: it? 100. <laughs> That's not in your vocabulary to go. Oh, I can't. I'm of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It's not part of it, but it totally so, because it's it's a valid reason why I'm uncomfortable and why I don't feel great. But yeah. I, I agree with you. Understanding your whole cycle means that you understand your body better, so you, you know and you can be equipped for. Any given eventuality, so you know your migraines are going to come up and maybe get a little bit worse this week because your chest was really, really sore last week, which means that this period is going to be an absolute melter and you're going to have to, it's going to be worse than it was last month. And that's yeah. understanding your body. And with not, I'm saying contraception is about if contraception is the way forward for you individually, then by all means. But I think. I think me and you are probably in the same things that we've done it, it wasn't good, and I don't want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I feel like I've, I've 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 never done the implant because I'm just scared of the idea of something in my arm.
0: Like, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Take it from me, it's absolute hell. It's still unsure. Yeah. It actually really works for my cousin. She's had it for years and she loves it, which is one of the reasons she like Bigged it up so much. And was like, yeah, it's great. It really works for me, and it was the worst decision I've made. I was on my period for nine months. It was awful, and I I I'd tell anybody not to get it. Yeah, but everyone's body's different. It's so tough. That's, that
1: that's it. Like I never like I try to like having discussions with friends, and it's just like I never try to just encroach and say I just I just put my opinion, like my experience and my opinion out there. But it, I I'm very like. A way that it's different for other people. Like I know people who have been on the injection and absolutely loved it. Me, I loved the kind of convenience and the ease of it. And at the time I was seeing somebody and it was just like so much easier just to like put up with all the symptoms. But actually when I think now as an adult, how like I reacted to things, how I felt I would never ever, I would never ever put myself through that and go back to it like at all.
0: <laughs> I completely agree with you. I'm um... I'm in a relationship, I'm very happy, we're very safe, we understand, like, both very sensible, and, if I, were to ever be in a situation, where I needed to go on contraceptive again, I've been diagnosed by endometriosis, and one of the suggestions, is to go on the coil, and, I know so many people that hate it, but, I know quite a few people that love it, so it's, yeah, tough, it's finding that balance, and that is definitely not something, you get taught, as, a young menstruator I'm sure a conversation you're going to have with your younger sister I'm positive you'll have that conversation and you'll feel comforted with that because I didn't have that bit because my mum didn't go on a lot of contraceptives my nan never really went on contraceptives because it wasn't wasn't for them
1: it wasn't the thing see I'm I'm similar in that respect with my mums when it came to contraception it was just like the, the 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 pill, and they didn't really have much experience with that. So like that's where I was open with them, but I couldn't necessarily get an experience. And to be honest, like the age at fourteen, where I was being put on the pill, like my mum didn't really understand it. My mum was just like, "Well, there's conditions of like, and we need to like, you want your skin sorted out." So, you know, like we didn't even we didn't even maybe consider if there was another contraception. It was just like. The dermatologist was like the pill pregnancy test every month and it was just like well let's do it like that's conditions for you to take it yeah. but like, that's what you need to do um but yeah I think with experience when it comes down to contraception maybe that's where so I don't think I was necessarily not open with my parents but maybe they didn't have like as in-depth in um knowledge and like at the time a lot of friends weren't made like sexually active so it wasn't like a kind of conversation to be having
0: it's not a conversation it's not something I mean personally I think it should be put on the science curriculum
1: yes me too uh, I agree no I agree I, I I think school education just I just even remember learning about sex and it was just this really awful video and I'm just like I never like know, it was just
0: of like Two cartoon people in a field. There's butterflies. and yeah, like, yeah. Like, There, there's leaves covering their bits. It's just like nobody looks like that. No,
1: so, <laughs> I like, I just remember it being just split boys girls. So it
0: wasn't even like. And then was, that's not a conversation because that's one side.
1: No, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, like school. I mean, I like, am not sure. To be honest, I haven't. I haven't really had the conversation with my little brother or sister about, it, but I know they've they've got to that like level of having that um that conversation in school. I mean my my brother's 16 now and hopefully not sexually active.
0: Oh, I hate to think of that. I don't know why, but it's my little brother. You Well um, <laughs> what was I doing? Oh God. And then you're just, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just even nowadays, I just don't think like education they necessarily and i think it's conversations and i appreciate teachers probably have a lot on their plates especially now but i definitely feel like there needs to be and like more progression in in what they're teaching
0: kids i completely agree so luckily um next as of next school year so september next year 2021 um there are some more menstruation lessons being put on the curriculum um ah. and uh borough dependent. there's uh <laughs> i know it should just be everyone just should just get everyone's bodies are human bodies it's the They're same the same education but uh, i mean <laughs> we can talk about this till the cows come home there's not really a lot there's not really a lot of control we, we have um but i some parts of endometriosis pcos parts of that are being put on the curriculum i don't know what to to what extent and you can still your parents can still opt you out of these lessons and that's in my opinion that's where the which is i'm the same as you conversations were always really open with my mum could always have conversations was never a never a taboo subject ever she maybe didn't always know the answer but it was never a taboo subject Um, so I'm totally with you on that, but education starts at your front door, 100%. If if the person that takes care of you isn't going to give you this help, they also can't take away that help from you when it's given to you by your education system. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's a a minefield. And it's
1: conversation, like, I appreciate if, if it was conversations about porn or something like that, like, I can appreciate maybe you not wanting your child to learn that at school
0: mm-hmm.
1: but when it comes to something that like your child is definitely going to go through and possibly experience mm-hmm. like like knowledge is power so why would you refrain from giving that to your child like if you don't feel comfortable that like and you don't really know the answers why would you then stop like an educational and like institution like from teaching your child that like yeah that like baffles me to be able to like opt out of it that's
0: why having that's why people like us having conversation is really important because I'd love to take this podcast and just throw it at every teenage person I see and just be like well you just listen to all of these things because we're talking from experience but (laughs) it's then uncomfortable for them to be like oh I don't want to talk about it yet I don't want to Have these conversations, but you don't. Also, you don't want to menstruate. It just happens. No one asks for menstruation. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard anybody go, "I really want to have my period this month." (laughs) No one, no one's ever said that in the history of the world. (laughs) I refuse to believe that. I refuse to believe. And in the in the self love world of your, I mean, I love your Instagram. Oh, thank you. it's so like positive it's great that's what we need in Instagram not like an idea like idealistic things that are completely unachievable for every person in the world yeah. like I don't want to see you on a yacht in, like, yeah. a, like two grand bikini I don't need that like I want real people with real lives and Real clothes, like I'm not going to go and spend loads of money on a dress. But I'd really like to look nice in a dress. Like it's that's what Instagram me. Don't even get me started on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Whole conversation. Whole conversation. I've recently. I'm. I'm sure a lot of people have been doing this in lockdown, but I've recently just gone through all everything, all Facebook, or Instagram, and just like got rid of everyone that doesn't give me any positivity or any happiness whatsoever. And then yep. I spent, uh, sorry, this is really off topic, but I spent like <laughs> two or three days going and following like independent designers and creators yep. and going through and I've like, I've found Christmas presents I would never have found before. Yeah. Because yep. Just spent days looking. <laughs> We've had time. <laughs> <laughs> know I have <laughs> that's it that's a good point how have you felt um menstruation in lockdown that's not something I've asked anyone yet but talking with friends a lot of my friends have said it's been really intense
1: I've I've found my periods have gotten heavier and more painful but I've actually because I've, I've literally I've worked from home now since March yeah. <laughs> they've got I feel like they've got heavier more intense and more painful I've enjoyed the luxury of being at home because I haven't had like where I live in London it's so Mm fast-paced it sounds really awful but trying to find a toilet just to like change a sanitary product like you've kind of got to time it to that you're at a place that you know there's going to be a toilet because you're just like constantly running around Mm -hmm. so I feel like very lucky even though I do feel they've got a bit more painful and I don't know whether that's just because I've not had my like usual like 15,000 steps a day where I'm running around, <laughs> my body's gone into, I'm, I'm not sure, like I'm, I'm gaining an understanding to that at the moment. But yeah, I feel like I've, I've been very lucky in the luxury of being home mm-hmm. that I've had a toilet near and I can just go and fill up a hot, hot water bottle and I can just sit on my settee with my laptop, continue to do my work. But be able to like ease it, whereas in an office, I would kind of have to sit and suffer. Yeah. Try and take a painkiller, and then it would just be like up and down, like going to the toilet just to make sure like I hadn't leaked, and I was. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. It's been. It's yeah. It's been a bit like catch twenty two because something definitely feel like feels like it's changed, but then I've got the luxury where you're confident stuff at home
0: <laughs> I'm yeah I'm totally with you mine's got a hundred times worse but I can lay on the sofa and have a hot water bottle or and it is partly because I'm not running around and being as active as I normally am which weirdly performing and having that area of my life not happen it means that I'm everything slower and I think my body's reacting to that sluggish yeah it's and it's taking advantage of it almost it's like okay well I've let you off for a year so I'm really gonna hound you now and like <laughs> yeah. I'm really gonna hurt you now because I've, I've got to get it out of my system which I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate one of my ovaries is quite friendly the other one <laughs> so and I know which pattern they go in now it's like a, it's like a wake-up call each month I'm like oh no this is gonna be a chill month. oh no this is gonna be hell oh no. <laughs> at least I know now I'm well aware of it but yeah. I'm totally with you I feel like it's got I think I feel like I've got heavier or maybe I'm just noticing it now because I'm not so busy I'm not so distracted
1: yeah I can't I can't really tell I know pain wise like every period I've had in lockdown I've definitely Whereas I I ness I mean, I wouldn't necessarily reach or if I didn't have painkillers on me, I would just suffer. But I find where I'm at home, I've had to take painkillers and like I've put my hot water bottle bottle on and I've ended up like having an evening nap on the sofa. Um so I've I've definitely noticed that change. But again, I don't know whether it's where I've not been so so active and my body's like, oh, right. Or my body's always been like it, but where I've just had to put up with it because I need to get from A to B and I need to be in an office. I, I'm not. I, I I've I've still not worked it out, but it's definitely a luxury that I've been at home and I can kind of reach for the painkillers, get the hot water bottle, and just like cuddle down on the sofa and still be able to do my work. Whereas in work, I would still be sat at a desk. Yeah. Surrounded by people and the bright lights, and it just feel
0: a lot more uncomfortable and a um, lot yeah. pressurized. You you feel mm-hmm. pressure to be like, no, I'm fine. Absolutely, everything is absolutely fine. And you're always. Yeah. You sometimes you do just want to scream into a pillow and watch Disney. <laughs> like sometimes that's just necessary. <laughs> I think I think every menstruating person, it every menstruating person in the world should get a free subscription to Disney Plus. Yes, oh my god, yes, let's. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> and only when you're watching it, when your eyes go off the screen, you have to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> only when you're watching I, that, that's completely what we should have. That and a free subscription to Bourneville, yes, <laughs> that saves my life. I don't know where I'd get through the year, I really don't. I really don't. Um, so, seeing as normally with this question, I'd say, What advice would you give to your younger self about menstruation? But I really I think. With you I'd like to ask you what advice you'd give to your younger self about really the contraception that you were given. Would you would you think you would do you think you'd rather let yourself just just take the course and not really give yourself any warning or would you rather go and tell yourself like this is going to happen?
1: I mean it's all experience so I kind of I wouldn't change it but I maybe would have being a bit more willing to find out about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was just sexually active and there was a positive of like the period stopping as well. And it was all this like messaging of like I had to, I I felt like I had to be on something to, to like not be pregnant. And then it was like the periods would be lighter. And I just feel like maybe I. If I had just researched a bit better. Mm-hmm. um But at that age, it was just all about, you know, well, my periods are going to be like, or completely stop, be sexually active and kind of not really think about it. And it was just like a convenience. Like the injection, the idea of just having one injection, I didn't have to take a pill every day. I could just have a shot in the top of my bum and then like three or six months I didn't have to do anything and I was com- like I mean I was protected from pregnancy but obviously not STDs but it was just like the convenience of just being young yeah um so yeah I think I, th- I, I wouldn't change it because I've got so far in my adult life adult life now to have an understanding to it and again like as we were saying like it's so different in everybody the reactions so it is a very like personal thing and like I I do appreciate it's very difficult for people to like lay out all of the reactions because you, nobody knows actually how your body's going to react to it. But I definitely feel like I probably would have researched a bit more and been less just willing and open and just like, Oh yeah, I'll just do it. Like I, I would definitely have maybe had more conversation and more, like looking into the ins and outs of it rather than just being so willing to do it. But again, I had to do that to
0: learn. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a difficult, it's a minefield and it is, I agree with you, it's totally something that trial and error makes it sound like it's uh, it's scary and it can be scary, but it is trial and error. It's this works for this person, this might not work for me because literally everybody's body is wildly different everyone is different what works for you might not work for the next person and you kind of have to just ride it which is yeah makes me sad that that is the only option but unfortunately <laughs> and until until think these things get put on the curriculum and, and until there's more research into stuff that is kind of your only choice
1: yeah yeah as sad. sad as that is it, it kind of is yeah and I know like um if I were to, like, have the conversation with my little sister, I kind of feel like knowing, like, your options as well and knowing, like, every, I guess, kind of potential avenue. Like, for me, it was just, like, there was no thing of, like, actually, you get this and there's no retracting it. It was, like, you just got to put up with it and it just, like... I think back now and I just think if I had a really bad like reaction to it there's not really necessarily anything I could have done no whereas like the pill I guess in in some capacity like you could stop it and and kind of it would ease up because you're not taking it every day but like things like that with where it's such a long-term effect it's just like I, I didn't feel I necessarily had that warning it was just a it's convenient and I didn't really think much like further than that
0: yeah
1: yeah so yeah yeah. (laughs) that
0: was one of the reasons why when I was given the option of the injection and one of the reasons I didn't take it was because I'd recently only when I got offered it only just had the all the cervical cancer injections you know you have to have like three in a different space and I had such a bad reaction to the last one I was in hospital I had a fever I like was just put to sleep because it was just, my body just had such a terrible reaction. And when I was given, I, a few months later, I was changing. I was on Cerazet and it just wasn't working for me anymore. So I was like, I'm going to have to have something else. And then um, I I was given the option of the injection and the cervical cancer jab had scared me so much. But, that I, yeah. but, but I had that not happened. I very well might have, because like you say, it's, so convenient
1: yeah it, it it was just like the idea of like for me it was just I'm not really a forgetful person and it's probably laziness more out of anything but it was just like having to take a pill every day like at the same time like within a certain amount of hours or you it was just like oh nah nah I haven't got time for that yeah just like yeah stick a needle on the top of my bum and just Three six months
0: time, I'll just come back
1: and get it again.
0: (laughs) again. As as a young person, as like a young adult or a teenager, you're just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like you're not really, you're not thinking of the long term. Really, I think that age you don't think sort of past the next week, let alone the next six months. It's not something that enters your head. Like I just need to get to this weekend and do something. (laughs) Make it to next next weekend and (laughs) do
1: something again. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't change it, but I would definitely, and I, I feel more inclined when it comes to that time with my sister, especially, to be, just be a bit more open in like terms of effects and things that might happen, and and to actually consider the long term rather than it being like just thinking short term. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I'm twenty nine, and it's only now. That I'm kind of reaching my 30s that I feel I've I'm in the best ever position of knowledge about my cycle knowledge about my period and like just more in control of it and it's it's, it's taken me three years even to get to that point where I've just had no like like pill like no contraception at all
0: yeah uh, yeah so. t- it's taken me that long to get myself out of out of having the implant and that the implant scared me enough to never have anything again. So it's, it is, it's definitely, it's conversations that are important to have with, from your, from personal experience to pass on that. To pass on that. Um, So we always end on the same question. Um, This has been really fun. Um, This conversation, because we have not spoken to anyone about contraception properly yet. So this has been really fun. Um, (laughs) Last conversation, last question is always pads, tampon or cup.
1: So I use pads. I I don't want to say it's a fear of tampons, but I've never ever got along with them. I've always had like a heavy flow and like I've I've always found I've leaked on them. I I have used them for swimming. Yeah. Um so if I've like I it was last yeah, last year, I think about that. I like went on a hen do for um my best friend um and I was, it was such an inconvenience. I was meant to have like come on two days later, mm-hmm. and as I was traveling like up to the north, I was like, "Oh my god, no, no, no!" And you know, you just know that it's coming. I was like, "Oh, I need to stop and boots in the train station." So um, I used like tampons, like as, like an emergency measure for that. Mm-hmm. But I am aware of like the environmental like impact it's all having. So I'm looking at like reusable washable pads rather yeah. than just uh, one time one use and the, um is it the, the, the period um pants it moddy body body,
0: body yeah body, body are great yeah really yeah good.
1: so um i'm i'm exploring i'm just using the pads that i've got um just not a waste them because I, I i don't believe because they're open i can't donate them so no. i'm just like i'd rather just not throw them yeah, I'd rather just not throw them. I'm just trying to use um, what I have and then I'm going to look um, to look at like reusable ways of um, being a bit more environmentally friendly just because nice. it's very weird, like, the impact of it. So,
0: yeah. I only use... The only pads that I use are either... Um, I've used a bunch because I like just trying them all. Um, <laughs> I find it exciting. Um, but I use time of the month and if I'm in Tesco. And I use Hey Girls if I go to Waitrose, depending on what shop I go to is what one I use. But um, Time of the Month's the one I've used the longest and they are Cardiff based, which is really nice. Yeah, how lovely. Um, I love Time of the Month. They were the first uh, eco-friendly pads I ever used. Um, They've been certified plastic-free, they're organic, cotton, they're like amazing company. But there's so many companies, that's the thing, once you put your foot into, once you dip your toe in, there's like a world of it out there. There's so it's much. Fun. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Um, there's so much out there. Eventually, when you when you discover it, also a company called Dame have just made reusable pads, and they're really yeah. like a dark green. Oh, which I don't know why. To me, that makes them sound more appealing. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> if, you were, if you ever need any, if you have an Indian, any advice when it comes to periods products, all up here. I'll hit you up. Encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just
1: it's something like I've just been very aware of like this yeah. year, and I feel like there's more conversations happening on Instagram. So, I, like for me, like over the last couple of years, it's been more apparent of you know, I've seen people who have like, def- like placed pads that you can see that they wear in a pad, or that you know, it's just been so much more open conversation and you know showing like period blood and um, I've definitely it's just opened my eyes up to like just the environmental like impact especially actually I could probably definitely be doing more so um, yeah I'm definitely exploring that avenue like I said I just need to use what I've got rather than I just don't want to (laughs) add but just throwing them Um, but yeah I definitely am exploring that I I mean I have tried a moon again. Kind of don't get along with it.
0: Yeah, I've tried. I'm, I might try yeah. again, but not right. Now. <laughs> yeah, it's like
1: no. I'm happy with pads, but yeah, I definitely know I could be doing better by um, you know, we re- like researching on like organic or plastic free or reusable, and and getting like moddy moddy body pants, and yeah.
0: That's the first <laughs> step. First step is like you've got to find them first. You can't buy them if you don't know what they are. So. Yeah. That's totally the first step. Thank you, Thank you for this chat, Michaela. This has been lovely. It's okay. Thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> so tell the world where they can find you. I am at Cardiff
1: Fornia Girl on Instagram. Uh I think my Twitter is just California underscore. Um it's too long for California Girl. But yeah,
0: that's me. awesome Awesome. amazing thank you so much for this chat thank you Ah, it's been so good What a joyful conversation that was. Thank you so much, Michaela, for talking with me. It was great to have that conversation. We've not really touched on contraception yet in this podcast. And I feel like that was just the perfect person to do it with. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You know how much it means by now. Find us on Instagram at myfirstperiodpodcast. Tell everybody how wonderful this podcast is and how much joy it brings you. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.